0: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Ian Reynolds. Ian is a partner and chief solutions architect at ZipTech. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, I think a pretty non-traditional route. Uh, started at an undergrad with uh, helping a number of startups launch products to market. Across like eight or so different, eight or so different, uh, very unique verticals, products. So pharmaceuticals, uh, e-commerce, um, loyalty rewards, sort of everything in between. Uh, so I did that for about two years. Went ultimately decided to stop uh, living under my desk. Went and did the MBA route and uh, finished my program there early, uh, as I, I uh, very much wanted to get back to work. Um, and so finished in about a year, year and a half. And then started working in a sort of very, very traditional role at a consultancy in uh, Houston. So I had the opportunity to deploy some really large enterprise software systems, and then uh, ultimately work on the, the finance side of the business and help with a lot of M and A restructuring and advisory. Um, and uh, got to do several billion in transactions. That route It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, working crazy hours and, and doing all that song and dance. But ultimately, wanted to get back to um, sort of that, not necessarily startup game, but, uh, you know, business, business entrepreneurship as such. And so I I was looking for a business to buy, uh, and found, uh, a company in uh, 2017, acquired half of that business, uh, And, uh, it is a long established been established for 10 years, software development firm. Uh, we've been providing services to companies, uh, you know big and small like we have adobe and, and some of these other large companies as clients and uh, so we've been we've been doing that ever since and been growing pretty steadily it's it's been a lot of fun
0: that's awesome and in terms of kind of entrepreneurship and obviously it sounds like you're a self starter and kind of ambitious and always learning was that something you always kind of wanted to fall into or you just happened to fall into it
1: no i I think it actually came as a result of reading. so there's that you know, Greek maxim, you know, know thyself. And I I think that every person has a path. Every person has something that they're going to be exceptionally good at that fits their personality, fits their sort of personal objectives in life. Uh, You know, of course, not everything is going to be successful. But if you know very specifically what it is that you want to obtain and you're very intentional about those things, then it's much easier to obtain them, right? Uh, you know, there's a difference between saying, "Ah oh, man, I just want to make a million dollars versus you know, hey, I want to be the best concert pianist that there ever was." And uh, you know if you can if you can define very specifically what your goals are, very specifically what your objectives are, and know that that's a good fit for you and you've done the work to uh, really, really understand those opportunities, really, really understand yourself and your skills and weaknesses in and around those opportunities by uh, for me personally it's it's reading. I do just crazy men reading. And, um, and then for a lot of folks, it's, you know, it's networking, it's, it's talking to the folks, talking to folks in the industry. Um, it is just much easier to sort of achieve your goals.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think a big kind of part of entrepreneurship, obviously uh, entrepreneurship is a lonely road, and I oftentimes talk about kind of mental health. So through your whole process, how have you been able to kind of stay mentally sharp? And kind of obviously, as an entrepreneur, as a you know high level person in a company or companies, you have a lot of stuff in terms of your shoulder. You know, other people's jobs, obviously revenue, that kind of thing. How have you been able to kind of stay you know level headed and kind of focused?
1: Yeah, you know, I, you're right. There's a lot of that sort of responsibility. Uh, one of the things that I read, which seems to be true, is that uh, human beings are incredibly adaptable, right? So you, if you put yourself in a situation that uh, is much harder and much more than you can sort of immediately handle, uh, if you're able to just push through that over a certain period of time, you're just going to be able to deal with it, and it's going to be sort of a, a non-problem. Um, you, you know, the uh, I, I I go back to sort of my younger days when I was – playing sports in high school, et cetera. And I just had, I had many coaches basically articulate all articulate basically the same thing, which is your body's going to tell you you're tired, but if you can push through and, you know, get to the other side, you'll, you'll find that it's actually much easier to do, you know, again, and, uh, and then, you know, now go run till everybody throws up. Right. So uh, I think, I think that, that sports analogy, that, that sort of sports training applies as much to business as it does to life. And so, um dealing with failure is really a construct of okay let me write down that failure let me write down what it is that i learned uh, as i carry on i have two notebooks i have a red notebook and a blue notebook the red notebook is uh just kind of like concrete absolute ideas about the way things work and once i sort of prove something up to be true it goes in the red book, red notebook failures or problems or things to be solved go in the blue notebook and so um I separate out things like that sort of mentally, and uh, that lets me sort of go back and see. Here's a decision that I made that wasn't so great, or here is a I made an error here, and if I write it down, it's not a it's not a failure. It's it's something that I'll, I just don't have to do again because I I wrote it down.
0: Yeah, I agree and I think uh, everything is in that sense a learning experience or you have to make it or it will be a failure. Obviously businesses and people fail. They fail more than they succeed. So taking those failures, learning something from it and applying it but taking that initial chance because you're not going to regret something you tried. You may have failed, you pivoted, you learned something from whether or rather than something that you never kind of, you know, undertook in 30, 40 years you think back what could have happened if I actually tried regardless if I failed or not, at least I learned something and applied it to something in the future.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely true. And, um, you know, so I I think, I think you have to be really comfortable with failure and uh, you also have to learn to fail fast and uh, just kind of move on to the next thing because much of business is experimenting, trying to do something uh, new and unique that your competitor isn't doing and being able to sort of, you know, stand out, and, uh, and uh, take that market share, capture the flag, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously those motivations kind of change over time and as you mature and different ventures and different things in terms of family, but what currently motivates you to succeed?
1: Yeah, I think, I think the first thing is uh, it's family, right? It's being able to provide for the family. So I have, I have three young, uh, young girls and um, a lovely wife. And so I want to make sure that they're well taken care of and, and, uh, they see that you know their their father, their husband is uh, working hard and and uh, doing all that's necessary to provide for them. So that's that's first and foremost. The second thing is that you know um, you don't really need. In the U.S., you know, I think we're all incredibly blessed uh, to to be in this country. And so, um, you know, if you have something that you should do, you ought to do it well. And so that's that's a secondary motivator. You know, it's like, well, I'm just going to do things that are well uh, that are, uh, you know, positioning me to, to, to do things as best I can. That's, that's what I ought to do. Uh, having all these wonderful things. And then the third thing is that, uh, something you actually touched on earlier, which is you don't want to look back on your life and say, ah, man, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have tried that. That's, uh, that's not going to be any fun when you, when you get up there. And so, um, life is fun. Life is, uh, about sort of trying new things and, and, uh, I think uh, business is the spice of life, so
0: why not? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, family and friends are super important, and obviously, if you have kids, if you have a wife, if you have a partner, those are kind of like contributing drivers to your success, and you want to strive for them. And me being also a first generation immigrant, I know I came here when I was five in 1990 from Ukraine, and it was still under the Soviet Union. So even though I saw that kind of Soviet communist system for four years, I know the freedoms. That the u.s obviously there's still problems in terms of different things but it's a free and open in terms of market so truly whatever you want to achieve with the internet with other things you just need to you know have the ambition and drive to learn obviously information in 2020 is open source you can really learn anything you want obviously like i remember when i was like five when i came here they had like the encyclopedia britannica and that was your source so you wouldn't look things up on the internet you would literally go to uh, letter A and look up something in terms of that. So like information is at your fingertips. You just have to take it and and basically run with it. Correct. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Yeah, I think
1: uh, in, in some respects uh, I am uh, and probably always will be to a certain degree an introvert. And the way I've turned that into strength is, well, I am better at observing human behavior and understanding people's uh, sort of behaviorisms, if you will, than most folks because of that. And so I leaned into that. And I uh, also sort of that introvert, I was always somebody who uh, would would go gather data and uh, have a sort of well-formed conclusion. And so I lean into that and say, okay, well, You know, I I don't have an answer for you right now for XYZ, whatever. I'm gonna go collect data and build a little research process research project for myself and then come back with with a well-formed conclusion. Or maybe say, you know, that's too hard. I don't we're not gonna we're not gonna come to a conclusion on that. Let's work on the next problem.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think um I mean I guess I'm like in the middle now. I think I was more of an introvert but kind of push myself out of it in terms of networking in terms of like positioning myself meeting the people i wanted to meet in terms of the industries i wanted to kind of get in and talking to thought leaders and just you know positioning myself or at least people are just afraid a lot of the times of no so having that conversation asking for something and the worst you will get is no but you know you can't always get a get a yes yeah. so like that in itself is a learning experience and i think With now, with the current global situation still in the U.S. and stuff like that, obviously, we're relying on video conferencing, audio content more. I mean, I think a lot of podcasts have been launched in this last five, six months. And I think kind of getting yourself out of your comfort zone is important because I think out of that comfort zone, regardless if it's a business decision, a personal decision, or in general, networking, communicating Uh, promoting yourself, obviously being on a podcast, I think that's kind of the first step. And if you take yourself out of that kind of, you know, level of comfort, which the human psyche wants to be comfortable in a habit state. So if you take yourself in that kind of out of that, take that first step into that, like chaotic uncertainty, that's where like the magic happens, like all the great things in terms of business, personal life, when you actually take that chance and kind of run with it.
1: Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that's. I think that's very true. You know, like figure out what your boundary is, and then figure out how you can kind of move that boundary out a
0: little further every day. Yeah, and pushing it. I mean, in terms of podcasts, I mean, I'm uh, audio. Obviously, you want the audio format. That's what a podcast is. But incorporate video. So some people aren't comfortable on video. That's fine. You know, they still can share their message. And I feel like. This is a great platform, not only my show, but podcasts in general. I think everyone has a story to share, whether it's, you know, you've reached a million people or you can touch one person with, you know, your experiences, things you've struggled with, things you went through, you know, things you overcame personally and professionally. And I think it's important and, uh, you know, doing justice to yourself and others, if you can connect and change one person or help somebody through something, I think it's important to do.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, um, one of the things that we encounter in our business, so we're, we're very much a people business or our core business is very much a people business and we have to put in structural things like force not forced meetings. That's a bad way of putting it, but planned meetings <laughs> with, between our, our employees and clients and clients and employees, because, um, to a certain degree, you're right. Like people are, people are getting into sort of a new habit or a new groove and you need to make people sort of, uh naturally uncomfortable, push them to talk, push them to go out to the, you know, everybody go on the dance floor, you know, kids, it's okay. Um, and um, so if, as a business, you also have to look for, for kind of like the structural kind of um, issues within teams where uh, it's not just not you don't have to just work on yourself or work on an individual you have to work on what the team is doing sort of collectively uh, and then let them come to their own conclusions about how much communication is appropriate etc uh, and and you know kind of let them determine their own uh, destiny around those things and, and how they're going to perform but uh, it, it's also interesting to me that you can really um, help people enjoy what they do by you know, showing them, hey, it's okay to step out of your comfort zone, even as a, even as an employee, even as uh, 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 just kind of a contributing member of the team.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of times, also, if you have a lot of business units having some kind of meeting, or right now, obviously, it's harder to have an on-site thing in majority of the country in the U.S. But if you have a kind of getaway or some kind of, you know business retreat if you mix up the teams and try to solve problems that one team maybe has so if you look at things at different perspectives i think everyone has a perspective to offer obviously not everybody let's say is an engineer or a developer but if you take somebody from marketing or finance or you know another department they may have a different way to look at it and maybe you know get to the problem or get the feedback you never realized before i think that's like a great exercise I've seen in that sense, in terms of kind of mixing up the teams and getting everybody's mm-hmm. opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, in what we do with custom software development, uh, we we typically follow a, a Scrum Kanban type style uh, engineering uh, process, and what that does is it structures it so that you have obviously certain team members playing certain roles, but you also have um, the the intentional structure of having every team member at different levels comment on all the work that everybody else is doing uh, and, and what is sort of planned for a two-week period. And so this, this structure is defined in such a way where everybody enters sort of a room in this discussion on an equal playing field. And what you, what you get out of that, result of that is a great deal of creativity. And um, we, we sort of apply that generally to other parts of our business as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's like a, an important kind of, uh, you know, project when you hit some milestone or before a kind of review process, everybody reviews it before it goes further, it gives their kind of feedback, makes those alliterations. And I think it's collaborative. And a lot of the times things don't slip through the cracks. So, like, I agree with that kind of process as well. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional?
1: I think, I think keep learning right? be very intentional about what it is that you're, you're trying to learn. Uh, or if it is, maybe it's not, you're trying to learn anything particular, but you are just trying to be a continual learner, write down the list of things that you want to read, have an actual list of items that you want to read or, you know, for I have a family member and it's like, here's the, here's a list of thousand movies I'm going to see before I die. Um, but by having the list, by doing the work to do the research to say, here are the things that I want to do, and having that sort of vis- visible and in front of you, um, you're much more likely to do it, right? So family members or uh, families that have more books in the house, their kids are disproportionately likely to read. Yeah. Same, same sort of structure in, in anybody's working life. Uh, the more availability you have to you, the more likely you're do- to do that thing.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think jotting something down, like materializes it more and it's not only obviously you get it out of your head and you're kind of more responsible or committed to doing that or following through and you made a little point. Also, I think I always say kind of the complacency is the death of innovation. So if you stop learning, if you stop innovating, I mean, just look at kind of like the process in terms of Fortune 500s. If you look 50 years ago, 60 years ago to now, how many of those became irrelevant and as companies just simply disappeared because they thought they weren't on top of their industry and just stopped innovating. And eventually, if you stop innovating and learning, you're going to get caught from a competitor or become irrelevant. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yeah, you bet. So best, best way to get a hold
1: of me is uh, uh, you can visit ZipTech.com and uh, contact us that way. If you email hello at ZipTech.com, uh, I'm on that and uh, we'll see you to respond to that. So uh, that's definitely the, the best place to get a hold of me. I'm also on LinkedIn. Um, you can just search uh, internals, ZipTech, and I will come up.
0: Awesome. Thanks again for
1: stopping by. You bet. Thanks, Roman. really appreciate it.